0: We are back with the Audacity to Fail podcast hosted by myself, J.Q. Searles. That's right. The Audacity to Fail is a podcast about designing your life so that great things can happen in your career, in your business, in your family, and in your personal life despite failure. We got a special guest today. So uh, let's get started. Let's go. We are here with the Audacity to Fail podcast, and I'm really excited today. We are interviewing someone who I actually, I personally met maybe like a month or two ago, officially. You know, you just get somebody with a really good vibe. That's Warren. So Warren, would you say you call yourself the co-founder of Knowable? Are you the CEO or just you just co-founder? Keep it that way. Both. Both. Okay, so co-founder and CEO of Knowable. Knowable is a first-of-its-kind audio learning platform and library of original expert-led audio courses. It's an immersive, screen-free learning experience that helps you get inspired, learn new things, and accomplish your personal and professional goals. You guys, Noble is dope. I actually found out about Noble long before I met Warren from the, uh, the startup courses, which I actually still listen to. Like I still go and check in on it. And I've even started other Noble courses, and I'll still find myself halfway through going back to the startup one <laughs> and not finishing the new ones because <laughs> it's just, it's that good. So I, I really appreciate it. So thanks for being on the show, man. Excited
1: to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I love the so, name of the
0: podcast. I, I appreciate that. I, I actually came up with the name Audacity to Fail because failure is actually one of the things I've, I've been really passionate about in the space of the fear to start. But sometimes, even if you talk about starting or going into a dream, the, the truth is that in every road, you're going to fail multiple times. It's inevitable. So really, you have to be okay with failure more so than fearing starting. <laughs> you know? You're going to fail. It's going to happen. <laughs> like, so are you okay with that? If you're not failing, like you're not doing something right. Like yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and also, I kind of wanted it to be the human side to hustle. It's real. I really wanted to talk about. Because a lot of times, if you've seen lately, it almost makes you feel embarrassed if you're not trying hard enough, even if you're doing okay. Because everybody on social media is, if you're not hustling, if you're not doing this, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not. And next thing you know, you're getting burnt out before you try because you keep feeling like you're not enough. So I kind of wanted this to be about that. I actually wanted to start off, just get straight to one of the questions. And that is, I wanted to know about you. Who is Warren? What do you like doing? What is what is it that you do every day that's purely human that doesn't involve work? There's a bunch of questions in one.
1: I mean, I think that's a great question. And I want to take some time to to think about it. What do I do every day that's human that's not about work? I, you know what? I The answer that comes to mind that I think is really human is that I struggle every day to figure out what to prioritize and mm. how to make the most of each day. And I think that everyone does that no matter where you are in life, you're, you're still kind of trying to figure out. Yeah. You're, I think so many people are making it up as they go. Yeah. Um, so I, I yeah. know I am.
0: Yeah. they always say you, you can only, they say you, you only know the steps backwards, but you don't know the steps forward. So anybody who just thinks they just know what tomorrow brings or what today is going to bring is totally lying or they're an expert. Yeah, to some extent. You can't control everything. So Knowable, I read off Knowable. You know, I, I I did the, you know, the whole bio of what you guys have online, but how would you describe it as the person who created it? What's your true passion underneath it? Like, where is it that you want to go with it?
1: Yeah, I started Knowable to solve a personal problem, which was I became a father and had less and less free time, but I wanted to keep learning. And mm-hmm. when you have compressed time, you really want to hear the best thoughts from the smartest people, right? Yeah. The people who can who can have the biggest impact. And so yeah. unfortunately, I didn't have time for long video courses. There's a lot mm-hmm. of great you know, video courses out there, but I wanted something that I could take with me through the world mm-hmm. as I moved to the world. So yeah. doing dishes or going for a run and and really realize that there wasn't anything like that. And I've always been a fan of audiobooks and more recently podcasts, but the idea was basically take the best of podcasts and audiobooks and, and e-learning platforms and, and really reinvent how somebody can make the most of their audio time, and actually learn something useful every day, ideally. Personal frustration, and I was lucky enough to team up with my, my co-founder and
0: bring it to life. Yeah, man. I got to say, Knowable has been quite life-changing for me. It actually helped me launch my startup, Pocket Tail. Like, It actually helped me get started. I, I totally thank you because that was the confidence boost with the noble course it was so many people bringing their ideas and it felt like I was I felt like I was in a room with people who were on the journey with me even though they've already been there and they're teaching you it just it felt more like a community that I was listening in on than it was that I was just listening to an audio book did you always want to be an entrepreneur and if not when did you make that decision
1: I had the classic kind of first business being a lemonade stand experience, but I didn't know, I didn't, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I've always been guilty of having more interest than time. And so it was, it was hard for me to kind of pick one, one path. But what I like about being an entrepreneur is that you, you get to exercise so many different parts of your brain. And, and so I spent some years after college, I studied political science in in college. I spent some years working in finance and left that and, I, I moved to LA to be closer to family. There were really two things that were, were most interesting to me. One was the idea of writing for TV and the other one was to, to start my own company and did not did not go down the TV route. And, and here I am.
0: <laughs> you still might, man. Yeah. Still yeah might. Haven't it yet. So I saw you that did, had a, another company with Vidme, but it seemed like vid, everybody but Knowable is with Vidme. Like it's kind of the pivot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my co-founder, Alex and I, we started this company, Vidme. Mm. And it was a video platform that scaled to over 25 million monthly users. And yeah, and Giphy ended up acquiring that, but we, the team didn't go to Giphy. We kind of worked as advisors, but Alex Mm. and I and a couple of the other people from from Vidme started Noble together.
0: That's cool, man. That's cool. Have you ever felt burnout? And if so, how did you confront it?
1: Definitely. Yes. Yeah. I have three kids, almost under four. Yeah. And I startup that venture yeah. back with very high expectations. So yeah, I've definitely definitely had periods of, you know, high enthusiasm and then periods where I felt like things weren't working and mm-hmm. low on energy. And it's tough. It's it's really hard. I think a lot of people try to sprint through life and that's not sustainable. And so yeah, self care is so important and having routines is so important yeah. and it's easier said than done.
0: Yeah. How was how was 2020 for you? Because, I mean, 2020, I felt was the burnout year. It happened for me. Honestly, the creation of this podcast is really the healing from burnout for me. How was 2020 for you? How do you define burnout? How do I define burnout? That's good. I define burnout as like when I start to feel robotic, when I start feeling less human and and you start to get angry at the idea of doing the things you love (laughs) because it just it feels too much. Almost to the point of depression. It It can get you there
1: yeah for sure that's a good i like the when you become more of a robot than a human <clears throat> yeah yeah the best thing i did for myself uh, for my career so far is, is about 18 months ago mm-hmm. i started working with an executive coach and mm. it's, it's really i'm really lucky to be able to do that i'm lucky that we're a, we're a venture back company and we can we can afford to to pay somebody else to give me lessons but Basically, I think it's Alcoholic Anonymous, right? Like the first step is admitting the <laughs> <own> problem. So <laughs> just like admitting that, hey, I'm not doing this perfectly, and, and I yeah. could use some help. And I think coaching is something that more and more people are going to do. It's why not if you can. Yeah. And my hope is that it becomes more accessible to more people because having someone on your side who's trying, whose job yeah. it is to help you optimize your performance, yeah, it's really powerful.
0: It's kind of like Active. career therapy. It's an occupational. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, athletes have coaches. Why shouldn't
0: yeah everyone else? Yeah, that's actually really. I, I didn't even know that that was a thing till just now. So yeah, that's actually it's really that's actually, yeah, man. So, uh, tell us about like any failures that you're comfortable to talk about, as far as with maybe career, maybe with there's with life, the storms that you faced. One of the things I talked about in the first podcast, I mentioned that. People should kind of go for their dreams, not the one, not the dream that they love the most, but the storm that they're willing to handle, because every dream has a storm. And if you're not willing to handle what it takes to go through the storm of that dream, then maybe you shouldn't go into it because you will either stay in the storm. And so when I think of knowable, I think of something that definitely probably had its storms. Are there any that are okay to talk about in the space of others listening to kind of grow from that journey that you faced?
1: Yeah, there there are a lot. I mean, I think every startup goes through challenges, and course. especially venture-backed ones where the goal is basically go to the moon, right? It'll become it's, a billion-dollar company
0: in, yeah, in two years.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, the is extremely high, right? Yeah. And what some might view as a good business or a good outcome is a bad outcome for a venture business, right? Uh-huh. So we have a really noble mission, right? We want to help more people build the habit of of daily learning. But what we're struggling with like a lot of startups is growth is how do we grow faster? Because we didn't build virality into the DNA of our product. And mm-hmm. looking back, honestly, that was a mistake. And, and it's something that we're, we're trying to address and trying to do it quickly, but under the banner of decreasing runway. Right. And yeah. so actually something that I was public about in December was I let go of half of my team. I overhired mm-hmm. and I incorrectly forecast our growth. And I had five really difficult conversations with people who didn't deserve to lose their jobs just uh, a couple months ago.
0: Yeah, I actually saw that tweet and I thought that that was really powerful and I definitely felt for you. But then your transparency was also something that inspired me greatly because it's that transparency that I think even the team members who are gone can just be like, You're not that person that just swept me under a rug, (laughs) you know, you, you definitely acknowledge that I was part of the team. And then you mentioned kind of, you know, helping them maybe find other places that they can come to from that. So I thought that that was really strong, but that's, again, that's something that's one of those kind of inevitabilities. You're going to, there's some people you just, in a startup, just may have to happen, unfortunately.
1: I mean, I I don't think that one's an inevitable. I think Mm -hmm. too many startups. I think you know the mistake I made, and I think a mistake that a lot of startups make is is they hire in anticipation of growth
0: Mm -hmm. instead of
1: hiring. You you kind of want to hire when you almost after you think you have to,
0: like like being forced, like you you, like at this point you just kind of have to get somebody because you have to do it. Somebody has to take on that load.
1: And look, this is the this is the tension between being a venture-backed company and and maybe a bootstrap company. Is you're you're really trying to stay ahead of competition. You're trying to Define a market. And so there is that temptation to just tire and be an optimist. And look, sometimes that's the right strategy and sometimes it's not. So I I don't think we can make a hard and fast rule about it. But I I think you can have a venture back startup and not go through layoffs, certainly.
0: Of course, of course, of course. I I, I think of it like you probably can get to that stage and most shouldn't, you know, but it's one of those things that walking in, (laughs) as we say, is like walking in, things could happen and just. I, I would say have the character to face it when it does, and 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 that's why I actually asked you to be on this podcast was because of the way that you faced, like literally the way that you faced it was something that I think people could learn from because normally you want like you hide from it and you faced it.
1: Yeah, so many people it's like messaged me and said, "Wow, that was so brave!" Right, and I mm-hmm. think that's a real shame that that's kind right? of bravery because <laughs> because we're living in a society where people are being really fake, right? Yes. Where people are saying, "Oh." are only sharing the good things that happen or the ups and not the downs. And that's hurtful to everyone. And, you know, part of the reason why why I'm so excited about Knowable is is we're a company whose mission is to basically help more people share their knowledge. Yeah. And the the truest knowledge is the knowledge of both the ups and the downs. And so my attempt in that tweet and that, that thread and talking about it publicly now is, you know, look, everyone, every entrepreneur has their struggles and whether it's, burnout or not hitting growth targets or whatever it might be. There there's a long list of, of issues that happen to pretty much every startup. You need to know that's okay. And success isn't just about outcomes. It's oh. about right how you how you handle adversity. Yeah. And I another founder friend who runs another venture mm-hmm. back startup told me, quote, I feel like a loser because his startup wasn't growing fast enough. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I look at this person from the outside and I think this person has done multiple startups. They've been successful. They're, they're an interesting person. And and I think so many people carry around this sense of failure because they tie so much of it to outcome. And just because you aren't quote unquote successful today, doesn't mean that you're not on the path to success. And I think that really what defines success is how you, do you get back up from setbacks and do you learn from them and do you keep trying?
0: It's interesting when you say success, because I've been thinking about this. Somebody once, and it was in a Facebook post where they said, I'm more successful than you. And and when I thought about that sentence, I think that it's impossible for someone to be more successful than the other. You can have more money. You can have more contacts. But success is so personally attained. Like it's a personal goal. So, I mean, think about it. It's, it's the journey of how far you've come. So I experience success every single day from, right. you know, my son learning new words, from right. designing a new mock for my startup. There's all these things that quantify success every single day. Also failure. To say I'm not successful enough, I feel like it's disrespecting your journey. Like it's literally disrespecting how far you've come. <laughs> because it's like, are you, you're literally putting down this entire journey to learn what you've learned, to and it's just like, no, I'm not there yet. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah, you have to appreciate.
0: I, I, mean,
1: I completely agree, JQ. I think that really the best thing to do is just focus on measuring yourself relative to yourself, right? Is, are exactly. you progressing as a person? Yeah. And stop looking at everyone else. Oh my goodness. That's a recipe for disaster. And it's hard to, it's hard yeah. to not do though, it's, right? It's, it's it so is. easy to get caught up in the, the scrolling of success feeds yeah. And, and compare yourself.
0: and That's the yeah. next point I was actually going to get to was hustle fatigue. In 2020, I started to feel it. And that's honestly what led to my burnout. There was a post that was going through social media. It said that in 2020, if you didn't, if you didn't create a new company and take advantage of that time, then you aren't a hustler. You, you saw that post. It was, it was going around. It, was, it, yeah. was, it went viral for a while. And that made me so angry because I was thinking about all the people who are just trying to maintain their sanity. Now yeah. they're reading this post And then now saying, oh, that break that you took from your startup or from your dream to take care of your mom or to take care of your family or to deal with COVID. Now I'm not a hustler. Now I'm not good enough. And then you had people like, I'm not going to call them out, but you had these influential people who people look up to sharing the same thing. So for me, it it, it affected me. Then it made me upset. And I was like, I wonder how many people are going to look at this and go, I'm not good enough. Immediately just, I'm not good enough. And stop. And, and I thought about that and I, and I, I look at a clubhouse. Yeah. I actually have a clubhouse membership and I actually paused clubhouse for a while because clubhouse became that. It was just yeah. kind of like this, this, you know, you're not successful. And then you're in this room that you can't even raise your hand in and talk in. You're just listening to these right. famous wealthy people tell you what their hustle and, 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 how, made and how rich they are and they're giving away money and, <laughs> you know, and, and then you're going what? And, and you immediately, I started to feel like, as a listener in the room, I probably never get to know where I talk in this room, and yeah, it just it was a it was a deep keeping up with the Joneses to where I deleted the clubhouse app. I had to delete it for a minute. I mean, I think it's okay, but it was unhealthy for me at the time. Where I was like, okay, yeah, I started to feel like I'm not good enough and things. I was like, okay, let me back out. But <laughs> what, yeah. what do you think about hustle fatigue? As, as I was getting to, was like your your thoughts on that exact same kind of process? Like, do you see it? It totally. something
1: that yeah felt. yeah absolutely i mean i god i had somebody some founder dm me like 24 and he just felt like a total failure he was like i feel i mean i could just hear the depression in, in the yeah. tweet in the dm it was just like i feel like i'm a total failure because i'm not going to return my investors money and i was like oh do you have to go easy on yourself and i i pick a word every year i don't i started this practice Mm. Uh, five or six years ago and it's so helpful to me because in in 2020 that my word for the year was kind and the Mm. etymology of that the root of that is kindred a friend and the idea was i wanted to treat more people who i interacted with as friends and especially to treat myself as a friend because i think a lot of people especially ambitious people they have a a persona inside their head which is a critic Mm. and someone who's basically telling them you're not good enough and that's what drives them and drives their ambition and in some ways that's great and in other ways it can be extremely disruptive and so you have to find that balance and i i there's this distinction between being nice and being kind right and i think nice is short-term pleasant Mm -hmm. and and i don't think that's what you want to be i think you want to be kind to yourself right so it doesn't mean hey here's a bag of cheetos and you know go binge netflix it's hey I know what you're capable of, but you also are a human and you need to take care of yourself. That's what yes. a friend would do, right? And yes. a friend would say, hey, maybe you're, you haven't met your definition of success yet, but that doesn't mean that you're a failure. No. That's what a friend would say. So talking to yourself like a friend is such a great way to shift your, your internal dialogue to be not just gentler to yourself and healthier, but also more
0: productive. Yeah, that's great. Being kind that that is going to be the tweet from this episode <laughs> i i saw a lot of tweets from you where you talk about having the hesitation to send like you'll be yeah. like i wrote this whole thing i wrote this whole thing yeah, and, totally. <laughs> and i have the hesitation to send so uh, how did you overcome that courage right right and then and are, there, and are there any tweets that you actually did delete like right after you hits in you're like okay no 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 not this one yeah totally. yeah
1: definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so what, what tell me about that process right like when you're just when you're fighting yourself is it is, is it about judgment potentially or is it yeah. about embarrassment or what, what is it yeah i mean i think the best tweets the, the tweets that i like the best
1: <clears throat> they really what i what i think is so powerful about twitter is you can kind of tell when somebody's saying something to promote themselves or when somebody's saying something to be genuinely helpful, mm-hmm. right? And the best tweets I think are the ones where they you share some genuine knowledge and you're yeah. it's really you're just giving, right? Mm-hmm. You're not there's no ask. It's just here's this thing that's going to be useful to somebody else. So those are the tweets that I f- I find are easiest to give to mm-hmm. press on. The the hardest ones that I have are where I feel like I'm making an ask or being self promotional mm. those are harder for me or just or i think i think certainly there's the impulse to try to be like to negative or snarky or quippy and i think those those things it's just those don't add a lot of value so i, I try yeah. to stay away from that you know but i yeah
0: i look at some of the things that you've done and there's things that you have done where they might be promotional that i've seen mm. but look at what you're promoting you are still promoting help you created something that is helping people. So every time you promote it, it is help, man. It It is. And I got three more questions. So the first of the three, what is your personal why? Like, Right. I mean, it, it may deal with things with Noble, but I know that you also have kids. So there may be a legacy you want to leave for them, maybe with your wife. Like, what's your why? I, I think everyone
1: has a certain amount of potential. Okay. And... My goal is to realize mine, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. I feel very fortunate. I've been very lucky in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's still evolving, but when I think of what legacy I'd want to leave is that I help other people realize their potential too. Mm. And realize that people have more potential than they often think that they do in, in any given moment. So that, that for me is really important is to think about how to lift up others. Yeah. And, collectively. And that part of this you know, the knowledge sharing, the idea of sharing knowledge, the idea of being honest about vulnerabilities is to this idea of helping people realize that they have a lot of potential. And even if there are setbacks and failures or quote unquote failures, that, that it's often just a stepping stone on the path to greater success and greater realization of one's potential.
0: Yeah. I like that, man. What is your favorite knowable course?
1: You know, I listened to a course recently, a narrative fundamentals by, okay. um, Jose Older, and it's just a one-hour course, but it, he's, he's a writer, and mm-hmm. he's written several several books, and it was just such a great distillation of storytelling, and I loved everything about that course, you know, the idea of how do you create a story, and, and when you think of your own life as a story, mm-hmm. it, it helps you make decisions better, too. Yeah. So I, I like that course, but I've learned a lot from a lot of courses. And, of course. you know, actually, the reason why I started being more public on Twitter is <clears throat> I took a course called Branding for Founders. Mm-hmm. and uh, There was a big insight from that one, which is that people care more about following people than they do about following brands. Mm-hmm. And that was when I made a decision to be more personal, to put myself out there and share more of my story. So
0: there there are a lot. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to put that into the, the newsletter. So we'll send a newsletter where I'll put all the links out. And I also want to put your, your top five books. So you guys uh, you head over to com, and it'll be a transcript of this conversation and also a few links to his favorite courses, my favorite courses. I actually have a course on Knowable Coming uh, yeah. and Make Better Picture Books. So that's going to be fun. And, and that way you guys can kind of check it out and then take some courses. So the last thing, the very last question that I have What are some really good resources that you have found personally to deal with the fear of failure? It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be a TV show.
1: Honestly, the thing that I'm most grateful for is when other people share their stories of failure. When other people who seem successful humanize the fact that they have failed time and time again. Mm -hmm. And that that's not what they're known for, right. They're known for the thing that they were successful in. Yeah. So, and that I, you see that happen. I mean, I think even things like celebrities who admit that they've had depression or challenges, like just even that is so helpful to the world, right. Because taking away the veneer and the, the Photoshopping and exposing people as just real humans is, is what makes us better. I mean, books, books have always also been the source of greatest, the fount of, knowledge right yeah. so I'm a, I'm a big reader and bibliophile and
0: i, I love books um, so it's kind of like figuring out that this person who you who you look up to is part of the same community that you're in like you realize totally. you're you're, you're, We're in, all you're in the We're same, all same. Figuring out yeah
1: <laughs> i have a friend have, you know more luck and a little bit better systems and
0: mm-hmm. yeah i have a friend who's a music producer and he's and he said that he got to be in the studio with a very famous producer like music producer And he and he watched this famous music producer who he admired make the worst beat he's ever heard. And when he did it, he was like, oh, my goodness. He said, I was so inspired because I make bad beats all the time. (laughs) So he said, he said, if by hearing this guy make a bad beat, that means that if he can make a bad beat as bad as I make them, then I can make a good beat as good as he makes them. And I thought yep. that when he said that, my jaw hit the ground. I was like, that's a really great way to look at that. I love that. Yeah, yeah I thought that was great, man. To the listeners listening who are afraid to start, who are consumed with worry, consumed with everything that, get, that can get in their way to start. What would you say to them as a person going through it and a person who's also seen the other side a couple of times?
1: The thing that people regret most in their life is the things that they didn't do right? When they knew, when their gut was telling them, this is what you want, this is your dream, your dreams on the other side of this fear, and they didn't go for it. That is what is going to haunt you, not whether you tried and didn't get it. So I think just understanding that setbacks and adversities are normal, and that that's how you learn, Mm -hmm. that the learning is in the doing, not in the, the
0: reading or the hearing the clubhouse stories, right? The journey is really where the success is. The journey is really where it is. And if, and I, I would even say, if you're dealing with something and you're saying everything could go wrong, I would say it like this. Imagine everything having gone wrong. It went wrong. Everything yeah. could go wrong. is going. Let's say just it's going to happen. Let's say, you know what? I'm yeah. going to start this dream and everything that could possibly go wrong is going to happen. What that really says to everyone is that you can survive the fall. Imagine yourself falling and know that you're going to get right back up. <laughs> you know, and keep it yeah. going and in that space all you did was learn something that you can take for the next dream or continue the dream you're on
1: totally totally i think the, the fact that you can learn from an experience and then pick yourself back up and apply it going forward is what a lot of people forget yeah right that uh, your first time surfing you're gonna look like a fool but you're gonna you're gonna get better and better yeah. and people mistake their kind of day one experience for their day 365 experience it's true and i think that's a big fallacy
0: i mean i'm being married I'm like, I always think as a husband, I feel all the time because I've never done this before. I've never had a, a marriage before. So everything I'm going to do right now, I mean, I, I feel probably way more than I than, than do good because I don't have a pre-existing experience. My son, he's my firstborn. I, right. I'm pretty sure I screw up a lot. And I hope he's not yeah. jacked up by the time he's an adult. Because, But I'm going with it because I, I, I really, I believe in my wife. I believe in this marriage. I believe in my son. So fell forward. Hopefully, hopefully he remembers the good things versus the bad things.
1: I'm sure, you know, it's so much about how you, how you handle the bad things too, right? Then do you admit mistakes and just own it and and not try to pretend that you're infallible because that's a,
0: no one is perfect. I I think that's probably the biggest fallacy, right? It's pretending that the failures didn't happen, pretending that nothing happened. Then there's nothing to learn. It's not a professor at that point. It's, you're boring. Just yourself.
1: it's boring if you do everything right.
0: <laughs> that's you know, true. That's so
1: true. Quote from this race car driver that if, if things seem to be under control, you're, you're just not going fast enough. So, yeah. That's good. yeah, it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes and learn. And no one is perfect. And, you know, marriages and parenting, but that's another area where it's really easy to compare your oh man. Your first-hand experience with someone else's, you know, the outside experiences of what you're seeing from someone else. And Yeah every relationship has its challenges every single one that doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong
0: yeah you know probably massive fights that are problem. that are near divorce and happen to the best couples you've ever seen and you Especially find out that they kids. were so close <laughs>
1: Especially with kids, it's so hard yeah so, i think everyone could you know it's okay to be kind to yourself
0: kindness that's the that's the word kindness so warren thank you so much for being on this episode. I'm really hoping that that a lot of people can get something from it. And you guys, again, head over to theaudacitytofail.com. There I'm going to have a transcript. It's going to be a bunch of links again. And you guys, I have a course coming on Knowable too. So we will be a link in there. I'm really excited about that. Before I end, do you have any questions for me?
1: No, just thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I have to hop unfortunately yeah, so I, I would love to talk with you more. But I will we'll we'll talk more. Okay. Over, over have a good one, man.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks for the chat. And
1: then just